Hello, I'm Kier. I'm Tyler. No, no, no. That's our intro. Okay. Welcome to the unnamed podcast. Well, it's not decided. Yeah, it's unnamed right now. We have names, but... Thanks to the magic of technology, they don't know when the name comes in. But right now, it's unnamed. Yeah. Well, it might. it'll be named by the time you hear this. Yes. So then, really, this whole last thing, they don't even ever need to hear that. No. Because it'll be named. But to us, it's unnamed. Yes. Well, no, to us as a collective group. Okay. I still think it should be called the Chase Cast. So we don't... We haven't agreed on a name, but we do know what it's about. It's about games. And business and... And games, games, and how games might interact with um, the real world. Yeah, like game theory behind. Uh, yeah, game development, NBA trades. There you go. Yeah, like like games in all forms. Whether it's you know we play, of course, a ton of a ton of video games. We're video game developers by day. Yeah, but uh, we like to look for how games, yeah, show up in sports and. And uh yeah, like one of my favorite games is basketball. It's in my top 5 of all time <laughs> across all platforms. Yeah. What year basketball? Just just basketball. Like NBA 98, NBA just 99, basketball. Like physical basketball? Yeah, like oh, real basketball. Okay. Physical basketball. And business is probably one of your favorite games. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Uh and hell, there's a lot of business in sports for sure, all the trades and uh negotiations and things like that that we're always talking about. Um, do you feel like the way that, um, let's say the draft lottery in the, uh, NBA, which is the better ranked you are, okay. the worst pick you get? Is it a lottery is it, or is it defined? Like in football, it's like if you finish last that year, you get first pick for sure. No, it's, it's a little bit random. Okay. So it's like you have 25% chance that you have the first pick. Okay. And this person has 15 and it goes down, but there are restricted picks in that, Certain teams can get certain, like you can't have the team that won the championship suddenly get the first pick. Okay, oh, they, even, they, even like with the trade, there's like kind of brackets. Like even with the trade, you mean? Well, no, just... with trades anything goes. Okay, gotcha. And then but, trades yeah. can be restricted, like under fourteen or, and there's like just crazy amounts of trades being moved. Um, but um, well, I like it, that better than because in football the problem is. You finished last, you get first pick. So last year was the whole suck for luck sweepstakes, right? Where it's yeah. like they knew that whoever finished last got the first pick, and and the first pick was supposed to be on paper so much better than everybody else. Yeah. I mean, it turns out that, you know, Andrew Luck, RG3, like there's a whole bunch of good guys. But now it led to that whole dynamic of like teams potentially trying to lose so that they definitely can get the first pick. Yeah, well, that's the kind of thing the NBA goes through a lot is – there's no real reason to be an eighth or seventh, like to squeak into the playoffs and mm-hmm. just get destroyed by whoever's in the first or second seed, then not get the draft picks. And then you have a team that gets the worst record in NBA history picking up early <laughs> draft picks. Um, it, it's kind of a weird, like, unless you're competing for a championship, you really just want to keep the doors open. Okay. And there's a lot of trades that are made because they're going to have to pay into the luxury tax, which they only want to do if <laughs> they're going to make the playoffs. So there's kind of a weird mentality where people are like, oh, yeah, he got the better player in the trade, but their team is net going to be slightly better, but mm. not good enough, so it's actually worse. Like It's kind of a weird um, the way the draft works like that. Yeah. Well, I um, think the uncertainty is good because uh, 
you know, it's it's almost like a weighted average system, right? It's like, yeah, a lot of you're you're getting pooled into the chance of a better pick, but it's not guaranteed. And I think sometimes that um, that little bit of unknown means you can't completely strategize one way or another because you're not guaranteed it's going to work out, right? Yeah, you you can. I mean, you can try, but you're not you're not going to throw your last game just to ensure that you get the number one pick because it's no guarantee. Well, then you run into problems of your last game decides somebody else's playoff run. Yeah, yeah. Like it doesn't matter if you win; you're not making the playoffs. But if you win, this guy doesn't. Um, <laughs> so you can play the spoiler. and you want to play the spoiler. Uh, yeah, there's lots of, um, yeah, there's lots of games behind managing, uh, like managing a sports team. Yeah. And it's weird too, because every year is different, like the crop of rookies, because some years like this year in the NFL, there was so many, or there was such good high quality picks, whereas sometimes it's like, there's not clearly yeah. one guy who's going to change a franchise. Like you always hope the number one pick will change a franchise. Well, it also but. needs to fit your, uh, especially in basketball, cause it's such a, mm. it's such a, Sport a person can dominate um, in a way that football like it's there, It's a much more team yeah. uh, game to actually get the ball down the down the field. But um, yeah, you have problems of like all I have is small forwards, and yeah. for some of you who have no idea what that is, it's like I've picked a mage <laughs> every single time, and I just have this like this party of mages. <laughs> and they're all really good mages, but like uh, we just but get, you have a poorly balanced party. Yeah, but we have a poorly balanced party. Yeah, well that's um, the that's the the BAP theory, right? Best available player versus uh, yeah. Like, do you pick do you pick what you need on your team? Like, if you don't have any healing, you need a cleric. Yeah, or do you pick the best available player? So it's like no, you know, the best cleric is pick number ten. But there's a really good mage, but you're all you're all maged up. Does that yeah. help you? Or do you suddenly try and move your other mages? Yeah. You're like, this fire mage isn't going to work out. I'm just going to try and move him. Well, the other thing that's I feel would make it a lot more interesting is it was more of a blind bidding system. Uh, that's what do you mean? Well, I mean, you have teams like um, that might really want a player. Yeah. But what might want him more than everybody else, okay, even yeah. though he's not most people's like number one pick like they're assigning a premium to that guy above the marketplace value yeah yeah so i it would be kind of interesting if there's a way that they could draft uh like kind of like a sneaky sneaky way like mm-hmm. almost like a blind bid on every player yeah um so what if there was so so yeah what if there was a game where you're trying to create a party and uh you're, you're drafting the characters like XCOM. Well, yeah, like XCOM, actually. Because yeah. it's really random. It's like you go into the mission, oh, yay, it's a support, right? Yeah. Or, yay, it's another heavy. And now you get, you're, like, flush with heavies. It's heavy yeah. city. Well, I mean, you can you just need to adapt, <laughs> Yeah, I feel, yeah, with what your party is. I mean, that's what I found in XCOM, um, is that just whoever my best available people were, assuming, like, if if I can swap them out for minimum losses, but I'm not going to put in, like, a level one medic when I have, like, yeah. I, don't, I don't remember the names, but, like, the highest ranked heavy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it does force you into situations, like, I think games that, like, that that uncertainty and that randomness is interesting because it, yeah. it makes you, ad- yeah, like you're saying, makes you adapt your strategy, whereas some games are really fun because you know exactly what you control and you can mm-hmm. control it to nth degree. So, but yeah, one of the things I like about that is, or, or about something like XCOM is 
well, shit, that's not what you wanted to have happen. You didn't plan that. You weren't expecting that. It doesn't fit your plan, but you have to adapt the plan now. Yeah. So, like, do I take four heavies into the mission just to see what happens because they're all high level now? Yeah. And then you also have the thing of uh, an XCOM where you want to level them up. So I got to a point where I had max dudes that I'm just not bringing in because I'll just save them for later. Oh, yeah. Because there's no point in risking them. And also, I played it on Iron Man. Okay. So, permanent, no go, permanent no going save. Back. No going back. And also named everybody after friends. <laughs> um, which you got through. Am I still alive? Yeah. Matt. I must be huge. This might be a spoiler. Um, <laughs> but. For the game or? Yeah. Might be a spoiler for the game. Um, I got a dude by the okay. name of. XCOM spoiler. If you don't want to have any XCOM spoiled, tune out for one minute. Well, I got, I got a character to the end of the game. Okay. And he had to sacrifice himself. Okay. So. Like, was rest in peace, or? Matt Toner. Oh, Matt Toner. Yeah, oh. he was my best psychic. Okay. I tried to get you psychic <laughs> powers, but it wouldn't stick. God rest also, his the one, indie peace soul. <laughs> <laughs> the one um, random thing I didn't like in uh, in XCOM was random gender. Which, I mean, feminists, talking about gender equality, XCOM's great. Because you don't even get to choose the sex of your people. Mm. Um, and naming them after actual people, I don't have as many women... In my circles, as I do, uh, guys. So well, we do, after you, you get you by, do work at a video game company. Well, I've been around video games. Yeah. Um. So it's a lot of. Uh, it's eighty twenty. Yeah, probably. it's like like guys, no problem. Like people I work with, but it's like cannon fodder. There's plenty yeah, of like, guys. Yeah, but the and... girls that ended up, I lost my girlfriend, lost your girlfriend, <laughs> um, and kind of just got stuck with random people that I. <laughs> talk to probably for less than an hour oh, okay. <laughs> um, well but, you're um, militant about it being people you know and also here's another crazy thing about that game once it finishes once you go to the last mission you can't go back to your ship so there's okay. no way to get the great nicknames which are some of the best parts of XCOM from a writing standpoint you can't go back and get those what do you mean get them write them down or remember them yeah like I couldn't write them down like I remember uh-huh. yours was Geronimo so the game ends yeah, the game ends and, okay. and it and it scores you, but it doesn't let you go back to the ship. Oh, you don't get to see like here's all your people. And yeah, and I, and I was gonna big, I was gonna do a big post of like on Facebook, right. look like, look everybody, I put you all on XCOM, and this is how uh, you did. But I wasn't able to do that, oh. and I didn't want to download like a save, yeah. uh, save modifier and go through text files and. I go through text files at work. Yeah, that, I don't need to parse any more text files. That's always the worst when you, you like you invest all the time and you get to something and then you want to review it and kind of bask in the whether it's success or failure, but you want to bask in the experience and then you're you're done. Like we were just playing Fortune Street, right? Yeah, and we got to the end and then accidentally hit a button, all the analytics are gone, right? Yeah, yeah. You so, had an option of going to the main menu or racing or try again um, in the. Uh, and in the get, game, yeah, and, and get to see. And my bad, but that, that game does show like analytics of. I wanted to see my rise from fourth to first to well second, and first I mean, off, that, nobody really knows what Fortune Street is. Uh, Fortune Street, okay. Describe For, Fortune Street is how a would game. Describe Fortune Street that it's looks like, like Mario Party. It plays like Monopoly on steroids, um, but it's all Mario and Dragon Quest characters. Which I don't know anything about Dragon Quest. I understand how big it is. Um, but it, it is really weird because they have... This is a little side thing. Each player has their own color. It's like Princess Peach, pink. Yeah. But there's a Dragon Quest character who's also pink. So there is some logic in there that goes, Princess Peach is no longer pink. 
her color is blue. It'll change it? Yeah, if you play, like, all red characters or all pink okay. characters, yeah. um, it does do that. But it's a game in which you <laughs> go around a board and you buy properties and sell properties and sell stocks. And, and you can, can buy stocks in other people's properties. Yeah, I think that's the really cool thing. So it's very Japanese. Like, I guess you were saying there's multiple versions, but it finally just made it over here Yeah, last it's year. like it's like Fortune Street 8 or something. It's on the Wii. but One of the greatest Wii games ever made. But yeah, like, what I like about it is it's kind of, they took Monopoly, which is, you know, tired and old, but does have a lot of, you know, a lot of interesting mechanics in it underneath. Yeah. And the whole idea of, like, you invest in houses or hotels in Monopoly would be, in this case, you're basically improving your shop. Each space is a shop. But the the stock thing was really cool because it's it's uh, each region which com- is composed of you know three four five shops is basically a region and you can buy stocks in the region and so depending on what people are doing improving the individual shops uh, whether that's you or other people that appreciates the stock price so you can you can effectively buy stock in what you're doing or what other people are doing so if Kier's on a run. And you're like, got a bunch of shops in that area, and I buy stock in it. Then every time he improves his shops, I'm making out. Yeah, and that's a really um, cool feeling to have as a player of, I'm going to bet that you are going to succeed. But I have more, I have more of a vested interest in you succeeding than you do. And that's, and it also has like mini games, which just kind of break the tension. And it's full of nice little randomness yeah. kind of like the take chance cards or um yeah the whole what's th- the other one what's the other monopoly card uh community chest community chest yes. yeah yeah uh, the whole thing is like a random it's like a you're falling down a pachinko board with a tiny bit of strategy right you're i mean uh, it, it, there you're is betting on those pachinkos yeah there's enough strategy where it, it feels fun and interesting but it's also definitely still like you know the pure randomness of it all can, but that, I think that's good for that type of game, right? Yeah, no, and I wanted to show it to Tyler because he he is in business school right now <laughs> and he designs video games. So I thought a business themed, and he also designs board games um, such as Crows. Uh, <laughs> Shameless plug. Yeah. Um, um, look yeah. for the name on the box, Tyler Sigmund. <laughs> Crows in giant sharpie. Yeah, uh, was it sharpie? Well, I mean, it looks like Sharpie. It's like silver. I think I, I did... Did you do it on, like, a Wacom? Well, I think I just signed it and sent it over and they scanned it, but I, I don't uh, remember. Did they clean it up at all? But, uh, well, they probably did, you know? Mm. You don't want it all aliased. And do you get, like, like dimensions? That. Well, not strictly. They probably yeah, just kind of signed it and sent it over. Yeah, I yeah. mean, they... they uh, But they're classy guys. They put the designer's name on the box. Like, good for them. Val- yes. Valley Game guys, a bunch of good guys. That's the way board games should be. But enough from the plugging. But, yeah, like... Except- Except Cards Against Humanity. They might not want their names on the box. Well, yeah, they do. And then they kind of want their they names do. on the box. They do. They do. Every, every designer does. Like, yeah. they may say they don't. Did you hear do. about their Christmas uh, oh. package? So they sold a Christmas-themed card pack. Okay. Pay whatever you want. But they said $5 because it takes a dollar to make it in China okay. and $2 to ship it over. So did they share the production cost? They shared so the production knew... cost, and they said, we want a dollar. So, yeah. like, give us $5. So they ended up raising, like, something like $70,000. I actually I that number might be wrong, but they raised a stupid amount of money. Mm-hmm. Guess what they did with it? Please don't say donated to charity or something. Worse, they donated it to Wikipedia. <laughs> oh, okay, well, <laughs> <laughs> this kind of crowdsourced board game, like they did this huge yeah. hubbub and and sold all these Christmas themed cards, which got here really late, so I actually couldn't actually play them for Christmas. Oh, but, well, there's um, always next Christmas. They were funny. Bad taste um, never goes out of style. Yeah, um, and. Uh, it was just really funny that they gave it all to Wikipedia because they're they're like the internet's 
um, people on the corner are asking for charitable donations. <laughs> <laughs> but they're actually useful, so well, it's a little bit different. Well, but they're always asking for money. They're pretty smart. I mean, they uh, like they, they managed to make a game that requires no artists, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, technically there so, might be a graphic designer for five minutes the, to, pick, to pick the font and establish a black and white scheme, but <laughs> I feel like they beat the system, right? We're well, always talking about how do you beat the system, right? They beat the system. Well, they also, like, you could print that thing out. But the thing is, like, printing it, like, I printed it out for a friend and, and cut it up, and, which is also really weird, like, being in a, a place across the street from Kinko's, which is a pro tip if you're at a chain coffee shop, there will be another coffee shop across mm. the street run by some people that will charge less. <laughs> um, and uh, so I was in there cutting up real vulgar vulgar cards as people were coming in printing out homework. What do you mean and, they, they uh, allow you to print out? Like, Yeah, you, they just have a PDF. They're just like printed out. If you don't want to buy and it. And they even give you lists of like, wh- like here's the paper we suggest. Here's okay. some things we suggest yeah, yeah. to get the best. Yeah, here's um, a good quality. Put them in card protectors, whatever. I have a fair amount of experience with that, probably too much. Yeah. So like every time I hear a printer and uh, cutting out copies, my back seizes up. That's the like, worst. Ugh. But but and it, and it caught co- ended up costing about fifteen Canadian dollars. And you don't get as good quality. Plus so all my the, time, and then the quality wasn't yeah, that good. Yeah. So at the end of so the day, you'd be you'd yeah, rather buy it. The twenty dollars is. Is worth it. Um, yeah, it's kind of a defensible uh, business model. Like when I was selling, so when I had Mithril Games, it was like ninety nine, two thousand, two thousand one. What is this? This was a little company I had where Mithril Games, Mithril, M Y T H R O L E, like mythical role playing. Oh, okay, and uh, not meth, not meth. You were myth. you were before the meth, M- myth, myth. Like okay. uh, myth it wasn't like Breaking Bad. No, no, I hadn't thought about that yet. Mm. But I did create myself. Time. I did create myself a business model that guaranteed it couldn't work. <laughs> what did you give it? Because it was PDFs. So you download yeah. card games. Like I had Night of the Ill Tempered Squirrel, Witch Hunt, Shrimpin', which went Shrimpin'. on to which went on to be published by another company. Thank God. But but yeah, you download those, then print them out, cut them out, and uh, at the end of the day, there's just not that many people who want to download, spend hours cutting stuff out to make a game that looks like it was printed out at a Kinko's. Do you think? Or FedEx what, Office. Do you me. think a board game um, company could sell an, an expansion for a game they didn't make? There was like un. They people nobody, have done it. No, people have done that. Yeah, and I mean, like here, here's some rule sets for Monopoly and some new cards that make this game way better. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. there was one, you know, Axis and Allies. If you've heard of that one, it's like a. I've heard of it, but I so don't it's, know. So it it's is. a big World War II board game that uh, was made in the '80s by Hasbro or Avalon Hill at the time or whatever. Um, and anyway, it's still, you know, they still make it and they make all these variants. But for a while in the '80s or '90s, there was like a third party. Um, a third, it was like 1946 or something like that, and it had like cool new planes and cool new, and it had some of the, or it was 39 to 46, something like that, had all these pretty cool like variants, and it was like well regarded within the community, but it was totally third party. I don't know if they shut them down eventually, I mean a lot of times, but I think you, there is some ability to do it as long as you're careful with the rights, right? You can't infringe on. Yeah. You can't go them. out and say it. I, you might be able to say like, can be used with with your favorite with Milton Bradley's with you your know, favorite crows based board game. Yeah, exactly. But uh, um, yeah, I think there's a market there potentially. Yeah. Also, but, 3D printers might flip this whole game. Oh yeah, on its ear. Well, it does change the whole homemade 
game potential. Yeah. Yeah. Although, although you still have to, you know, it's not like everyone thinks, oh, 3D printer, I can make anything. Well, you still have to model the damn thing. Like you either. Well, no, they could sell the models that's true, online. Yeah. There could be a program that 3D prints every single thing you need for a board game. Yeah. True. For a nominal fee. That's true. Um, sell the assets, sell the models. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm waiting for them to get, you know, like I've been checking them out and they have pretty good detail, but they're still not, it's still not to where you can 3D print like a, you know, like, I don't know, like Cyclades or something like that. Like yeah. a game with, like, lots of nice injection yeah. molded plastic. But I think something with coarser level detail, um, it, you can do. Like, you know, like if you were printing out, like, pawns, that's pretty easy. Yeah. But or like Carcassonne, like. Oh, yeah, like a meeple. You could, like, those meeples are made to be cheap. Yeah, you could totally print out a meeple because the frequency to detail is low enough. Yeah. But if you were trying to print out, like, you know, the wheel from the game of life. The wheel, maybe. Oh, like the that might be tough. I don't know. The bigger it actually, is, that might work. Right? Yeah, They're, it's actually pretty good at making gears. That's a bad example. Yeah. That was just the most complicated board game piece I could think of. Yeah. Well, I haven't played the game of life in a while. I do remember the whole like you can put like four or six kids in your car. Or something yeah, like that, you can right? have kids. You can go to doctor school. I mean, it's it's not. What are the kids? Are the kids? Generally- there isn't a tournament scene for the game of life, to what I know, to my knowledge. Um, yep, there should be because there's but, tournament for rock paper scissors. So, but it's a dope. Like it just, it's really cool to play as a kid. Like, oh, do I go to school or do I just not not go to school, take the salary cut, and live my life? <laughs> yeah, it's a little reflective um, of. It's all payback periods, right? Yeah. Like the sooner do you skip university, go straight to work. Or do you delay you get to your pick earning? Your professions and yeah, and like yeah. So is in game of life, are kids? Do they earn you income or subtract? Uh, or does it depend on the? I want to say that I haven't played it in many years as well. Um, so we're not we're not game of life experts. Yeah, this isn't the game of life podcast. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, that that no, is not that's a name. good title. That's well, probably not used. Yeah, the uh, game of life podcast. Um, it is, it is shit that actually does kind of correspond with what we're doing. Yeah, a little bit, but yeah, I don't know. yeah. Actually, yeah, that's not too bad of a but name. But it, it could well, we're going to get sued, though. It could heavily limit our audience to only um, people who think it's about the game of life, and they'd be drastically disappointed. And I'm not sure those people are podcast people. Well, you, you can listen to a podcast while you play. Well, I'm just saying that. Well, type, actually, that'd be really unsafe. The type of person that hasn't discovered all the amazing board games out there in this day and age yeah. is probably not the podcast person. That listens to podcasts. I, mean, I, I don't know. I think I think judging technology intake to board game users is. I'm a bit of a board game snob, but you know I figure. No, but I mean, like it's it. The reason people like board games is because it's social and there's no technology. Well, that's true. and it's kind of like a. But what I mean, a more tangible physical thing that you do it, and you get around with people and you have fun. It's not technology that I'm thinking. It's it's uh, being informed. Like a podcast person is generally informed. Like they're going out. And they're finding out how to listen to a podcast on an interest that they have. They're out seeking it out, right? Mm. And those type of people are more likely to know about all the other amazing board games that are out there. Like, oh, okay. So like, you're saying people on the internet. Yeah. Although I, age group factors into it. Like, yeah. if, like I'm trying to think of what it would take for me to play a game of life other than just randomly. It would probably be, well, there's a kid around and I'm yeah. not ready to introduce them to Carcassonne. Or you could get like challenged, that. though. Or Crows. I'm going to teach this kid how to play crows. Maybe we should at PAX this year, we should set up a game of life table, like put a sign that's like reserved for the game of life and just see how many people we get to play. I don't think they'd like that. They Taking might. Up table, like, those table spaces are, are occupied at all times. Yeah, but that's... And you're going to put a game 
that takes a while. Yeah. And it's, um, some people hate it. Like, some people hate board games, like, uh. Period. Um, some people hate board games, but <laughs> some people who really like some board games just, like, are like, fuck Monopoly. Yeah. Like, fuck Risk. Yeah. Um, fuck Don't Wake My Daddy. What's um, Don't Wake My Daddy? It's like a game where you go around, but then, like, dad's asleep. And um, every once in a while, he kind of pops up. And if he pops up, like, all the pieces go Oh, is flying. it, like, one of these where you, like, press yeah. it down and there's a spring? It's like a commercial. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's the type of thing that sells you on a commercial. Like, guess who sells you on a commercial because you think they actually talk. Oh, okay, yeah. And then you get your parents to buy it and you don't realize it talks. And then you also eventually kind of realize the bullying undertones <laughs> of, like, is your character have blonde hair or oh. like and then you eventually start getting to like does your person look like they have no friends what's this game again the guess who the guess who? so we each we each have tables of there people. is an age difference between kira and i yes this may help explain sometimes when we stare at each other like what it's yeah about 15 years so 15 15 well i don't know i'm 24 well i'm almost 39 okay so, so nearly 15 yeah yeah it's under 15 yeah um, but no, guess who? We each have rows of people. And then we have one guy that we're, that you're trying to guess. Okay. And then we, and then I have a guy that, or sorry, you have a guy that I'm trying to guess. And then I go like, does your person have glasses? And if you go yes, all of the people who don't have glasses go down. Oh yeah. Okay. So yeah. it's a, it's a deduction. Yes. Well, it's a, yeah, yes. it's kind of like a, uh, obviously clue, mystery of the abbey, um, there's a train game, one of the, I think a Days of Wonder train game, um, where basically you're trying to narrow the suspects by, you know, like. Yeah. Like, like is a male, is, are they female? Yeah, Mystery of the Abbey yeah. has, like. Mystery of the Abbey. It, that sounds he, like. Is um, he bald? Does he have, like, you know, a brown monk's coat on? Mm. Does he, does he have a rosary around his neck? Yeah. It's all, uh. Yeah. It's, it's Clue, right? I mean, basically, yeah. except for. I, with do you more, ever play the VHS version of Clue? I don't know, actually. It's kind of crazy. Also, especially before, um... Well, there was a Clue movie. Before DVD. I think, think... Isn't that the same thing? Well, by VHS version of Clue, I thought you meant one of those, like... For a while, there's all those games you buy in the store. Well, they still have them with... I have Nightmare. DVD, DVD, right? Where you, like, buy it, and then it says, like, play this segment. And then you skip... Yeah. And then it says stop, and you do something. But there was actually a Clue movie, which I think had different endings in the theater. Oh. And I think that was part of its, like, thing, is go see it and see what ending you come up with. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, I, I want to say this is like 80s or something. That's moving the medium forward. Yeah, that's true. It's, it's, um, uh, playing with, playing with film, which hadn't changed a lot in. But one of the board years. games I played as a youngin was, um, a game called Nightmare. Okay. Uh, in which you put a VHS tape into the VCR and right. you played it and it played for about an hour and you had to go around the board and then every once in a while the gatekeeper would pop up and be like, Whoever's in third place, come up to the TV uh, and talk yeah, to me. Yeah. And then it would be a bunch of uh, kind of timed craziness. So it's a randomizer. Um, Even though the, the VHS ti- uh, tape is strictly scripted yeah. because there's no telling how fast people are rolling and moving, it's effectively a randomizer. Also, a lot of the jump scares don't play when you know they're coming. <laughs> but um, Yeah, yeah it's, it's uh, a limited uh, replay value. Yeah. Um, well, this is like unlimited replay value. Our podcast, yeah, can well, be I mean, played unlimited amounts of times. It can. Unfortunately, though, if you know something's coming, it still does limit the 
the uh, it might change. Well, that's it true. might be procedural. Oh, we could we could uh, map different segments, but you'll never know. And if as long as we have moments where we're both silent, like write this now for three seconds. What? Oops, we've spliced in something from season three already. See? Yeah, so we're doing seasons. Um, yeah, might as well. You know how everything used to seasons. be like, yeah. on a podcast. Yeah. We we gotta innovate, man. This podcast has been around for a while. Don't we're doing listen to seasons? We, yeah, seasons like uh, seasons. Yeah, in a podcast. Yeah, every quarter. I listen to podcasts where they go episode six, eight, four. Right. Monday, June thirty fifth. Yeah, but think of us as innovators. We can be yeah. season one. This is S one E one baby. This isn't season one. Yeah, it is. This is it? a prequel. This is the pilot. This isn't a pilot. No, this is the pilot. Pilot implies that we might not do it. No, pilot implies, well, the pilot Just because you have some airplane agenda that you want to stick down my throat with pilots. So this is the, the prequel? Yes. So this is what you have to listen well, no, to this to is be the, prepared for the story that happens in S1E1? Yes. I, I feel like the podcast should be more focused than this. It, it, it maybe like I, I kind of want to have topics. I mean, maybe every once in a while we can no, just talk true. about random things. No, no that's true. Topics I, I, I want to have topics. Um... And talk about them more concisely and not just jump all... I mean, it's fun jumping all over the place. Sure. That's what people love about podcasts. But I think what we've done here effectively is, and if you've listened this long, we've covered board games, video games, sports, sports, and age. a little bit of business. And I think what we've done well here is a sampler platter of yeah. the types of things that you might expect in more detail yes. in later episodes. And with that, I think we didn't really want to take this too far beyond half an hour, and we're coming up on that. So. Yeah. So if you've uh, listened this long, uh, you're probably either our girlfriends or friends. Or me. Or, I could be mixing it. Or this is us in the future with really successful S5 going on S6, and you've come yeah. back to hear where it all began. So I'm thanks not for that. I'm not 100% sure if we can break seasons out in iTunes, but oh. for all sets of purposes, this is the prequel, the prelude, the interlude, the intro, yeah. the Poss- dilitude. Possibly the pilot. Um. So with and that, with that, we will we should, say uh, goodbye. Goodbye.